Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle. Me, your host, Joshua Smith. Hope everyone's having a wonderful whatever night it is. This is still recorded previously, and I am probably in Disney World, but I appreciate you guys uh, coming and checking me out. Hopefully, I'll be in the chat hanging out with you guys during the show, uh, uh, talking with you, being more responsive to the chat than I can be when I'm actually doing the show. So that's one bonus. That's one bonus. But uh, I'm sure we're having a hell of a time. Well, the kids are. I'm probably uh, in hell. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? we got to take got to take the kids. Uh, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, uh, like I said, thanks for, thanks for hanging out. But let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great high on the idea of Liberty uh, Ron Paul hoodie that I'm wearing tonight for a 10% discount by using BTC at checkout. Or you can go on over to the uh, Patreon or the Subscribe Star. Both of those are forward slash Break the Cycle JS, where you can uh, you can get uh, all of uh, well, you get into the the private Discord server uh, where you can get all of Top Lobster's new gear up to two weeks early uh, at a 30% discount. So really, if you're one of the lower tier uh, paying members of Break the Cycle, you're actually uh, it's paying for itself if you're buying Top Lobster gear. Uh, so it's really a good it's good benefit, I promise. And of course, executive producers of the show Anthem Planning for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own your own business, you're thinking about starting a business, you have a business-like model in mind, check them out. It's free to check out the website, and I'm, I guarantee you they can find something for you uh, that's going to help you immensely and save you tons of money. So go over there and check them out. Guys, got a great show for you tonight. I'm very excited. It's one of my favorite Twitter followers. I'm not uh, followers, follows. I'm not gonna lie, man. I've been following this guy for a while. Uh, he's pretty savage. He definitely uh, he he he's got the good the good old boy uh, sense of uh, of uh, uh, politics. I guess you could say. I guess he's he's politically homeless, is what he would uh, uh, or political orphan, as he says on Twitter. He's border state mongrel. He is the Kentucky rubble scum, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Josh? Oh, you know, I can't. I can't complain, man. I'm stoked to have you on the show. It's not going to do you any good to complain. <laughs> it, it wouldn't. And you know what? My kids will just make fun of me. My fiance will get mad at right. me. So it's just better to just shut up. Nobody's going to listen anyway. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I keep saying on the show, man, with all this, this tyranny flying around, you know, it's like, it's like we could sit around and complain all day, but until we start fighting back, what, what does it matter? No, they don't give a shit. Yeah. No, that's right. They don't. And, and that's exactly what they want. They just want to keep us bickering amongst ourselves so that we're distracted from what they're doing exactly it, 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 it it's a classic tactic oh yeah absolutely uh, divide and conquer i mean it's 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 one of yeah. those sayings that we've heard repeatedly over and over and over again in our lives but we never i think some people it doesn't ever register with them that like hey that's an actual thing people actually do that and they're doing that to you right now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i actually didn't learn that from politics i learned that from a guy i used to work with <laughs> Yeah, they'll, he, was they'll, an, they'll do- he was an he was an asshole. Yeah, that, but that's you know his whole thing was he was a he was in a managerial position. And if he could keep you know get people in his unit arguing with each other, then they were distracted from you know the shitty work he was doing. So uh, I mean, and he just pretty much openly admitted it to oh, me. Geez. So it's like what a dick. Sounds like an asshole. But, and, yeah. That's, that's, it happens yeah. on a small scale too. I mean, it's not just the government that does yeah. that, but but yeah. uh, I yeah. don't think anybody's yeah. ever been better at doing it than the government. That's for sure. No, they're they're excellent. They're excellent at their tactics. Yeah, they are. They are absolute professionals. They've had two hundred and some and odd years to practice. Yeah, and they are ten steps ahead. I'm just by the time you think of it, they are already 
they're already past that. They're already working on the next thing. They've already got that lined out. Yep. You know, it's not a lot of this. I'm not saying that this, a lot of work, what we're seeing is planned, but they are not going to miss an opportunity to take advantage of it. Sure. So, that's what I try to explain to I try to explain that to people that watch the show, especially, you know, like I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist for sure. I mean, I, I definitely have my conspiracy theories. Uh, the, a lot of the times my conspiracy theories are proven right very quickly, especially these days. It's like every two yeah. weeks, my yeah. conspiracy theories yeah. proven right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it doesn't have to be some grand conspiracy. It can just be that something happened like a pandemic or, uh, or some planes hitting a building or something like that. And the government right. said, all right, we got a perfect opportunity yes. to get this shit through. Like yes. they're, they're yeah. capitalizing. Yeah. I mean, you know, nine 11 is a perfect example of that. You know, I, I talk about it a whole lot because the Patriot act was one of the things politically that started turning me and, and, you know, the Patriot Act was the rough draft of it was sitting on somebody's desk in the mid nineties or, or, you know, mid to late nineties, it was sitting there ready to go. And they were just looking for an opportunity to implement it. Sure. And we were, you know, there were some of us that looked at it even then and were like, how are they not going to use this? How are they not going to use this against us? How can this not be, you know? And of course the whole, well, they wouldn't. This is for the. This is for you know foreign terrorists, and this is for the Islamists. And we're sitting there thinking, you change a few words, you do a few little things, and a little tap dance around it, and boom. Well, here we are. Yep. You know they Unha- didn't waste that opportunity. And how many terrorists so, have the TSA uh, stopped? <laughs> zero. Fucking zero. Please. Please. <laughs> well, you talk Please. a little bit about the, the Patriot Act being a helpful hand in you turning. Uh, for me, the Patriot Act came about a time when I thought I was going to do my, my glorious duty of fighting the terrorists. So I, I joined the military yes. right after 9-11. You know, I graduated high school right around 9-11, and then it was like off to the military because, you know, we had to go protect our country. And so I thought I was doing the right thing. And then, you know, within uh, six months of joining, I was in the Persian Gulf, and we were fighting Iraq. And I'm going, what the fuck are we doing in yeah. Iraq? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I was like, I'm pretty sure Iraq yeah. is not the ones who perpetrated 9-11, but half the country thought they were. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, that's, that's true. And, and I remember, I remember where I was at when, when, uh, of course, yesterday was actually the anniversary of us going into Afghanistan right. um, in 2001. And then I remember where, where I was at when, when we invaded, when we went into Iraq that night, that it was on the news. It was all over the news. And we were in a hotel in Indianapolis up there next to the airport. And uh, I, I told my, I, I was sitting on the end of the bed and I was watching and I turned and my wife was still up and I said, this is a mistake. This is, this is a mistake. We don't need to be, we don't need to be doing this. And so those events, and I'm not saying that the, the attacks, however that you want to define that i'm I'm not you know i'm not that big of a conspiracy theorist i have my ideas on things that happen as far as with 9-11 but you know that was those those events were kind of my turning points and it's been a process uh, for me it's not i wasn't all in from the get-go you know i I wasn't all in i still thought i was still naive enough to think there's still good people there that we're going to turn this. We're going to, you know, there's got to be, and, you know, then we had the, the Tea Party movement. And, uh, you know, after uh, Obama was elected and, you know, it gave some of us a little bit of hope. And, of course, that got hijacked and shit riddled by the, you know, the Republicans. 
Yeah. So yeah, no shit. And that was kind of my that was kind of my after the after the tea party. I was, I was actually, I was very active in our area with it. And, uh, you know, after I saw what was starting to happen, I was like, that's it. I'm out. You know, this was supposed to be about, not about right and left, not about red and blue. This was about, you know, restoring some sanity to some things from both sides. And, uh, it just wasn't like that. So it's like, I'm done. Yeah. It was very strange to me the, had- the, the tea party thing. It came about before I was like politically active, you know what I mean? And yeah. by the time I was yeah. politically active it had fallen apart. And the only person that I really respected or knew was Ron Paul, you know, and I worked on Ron yeah. Paul's campaign in yeah. 2008. Yeah. Um, I was big, you know, I was big st- uh, street organizer for Ron Paul in California in 2008 and, uh, you know, came yeah. full circle. He endorsed me last year for a libertarian party chair, which was just I can die happy now, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, the war, the war was really what started turning me too. It just it was in a different way, you know what I mean? I, uh, I nine eleven happened. I was hardcore neoconservative. I was ready to fight wars. I joined the military. Sure. Then I went to war, and I'm going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This isn't right. This isn't the correct. Like, yeah. why are we fighting Iraq? This doesn't make any sense to me. And when you, you know, you're just talking yeah. about sitting on the hotel bed in Indianapolis, watching them uh, George Bush declare war. Meanwhile, I'm in the Persian Gulf while that he's doing that at the same exact time. And yeah. you know, I used to go yeah. down to the machine shop. The machine shop had these vents, you know, for the machines in there. And I'd go down there when the smoking, uh, uh, the smoking sponsor light was not lit. I'd go down there. My buddy be there in the middle of the night, and I'd smoke a cigarette in and blow it through the vent. And uh, we're yeah. down there, and George Bush, you know, he's watching the little satellite television, and the George Bush declares war, and you just hear people running all over the place. They're calling birds away. Everybody's up, running up to their shops. So I'm like, I gotta fucking go, you know. And uh, we started running like 36 hour flight ops. They were, we had two galleys on the ship. I was on the USS Constellation. They had two galleys on the ship, and the second galley they shut down, turned into a bomb building station. Basically, it was like they were putting together all this ordnance, and all that ordnance was going up to the deck. The the planes were, the birds were taking them off the deck, coming back empty all day long, all day long all day long we dropped 100 yeah. million 100 million tons of ordnance on baghdad crazy shit crazy shit and yeah. that was to me i was like this isn't right like we this is like you know that's like a that's like san francisco you know baghdad it's like there's people that live there there's family pets there's dream, dreams yeah. and goals and aspirations and these people are not yeah. insurgents you know what i mean exactly right yeah yeah, yeah. That, no you're exactly right and that, and that was my, my whole thing was just all I could see. All, I think at that moment, I, what I saw was quagmire. That's what I saw. It was like, this is not good. We don't need to be, we don't need to be bogged down in here. And, you know, and then of course, Afghanistan kept going and it was like, y- you guys need to either let them do their job and get out, you know, or, or just, we need to get out. We can't stay there. And of course, you know, for 20 years in a, in a very, I, 100% celebrate getting out, uh, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. I, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a botched deal. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's uh, funny because I had, all I had, the way around, all the way oh, around. Yeah. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was a botched deal all the way around. That was both sides. I'm not pointing any, I don't, you know, I don't give a shit what people think about Biden or don't think about Biden. I could really give two cares about Biden. It wouldn't have mattered who was in charge. It was a shit show. And it was a shit show before he ever took over. It's been a shit show for 20 years. So just, just go to everybody start going, you know, Biden's, you know, it was his, no, it wasn't his, it wasn't his deal. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, there's some stuff that got screwed up, but they, they they all had, they're all culpable in this. So, you know, both sides, I don't have any use for any of them. Right. Uh, 
at all. Well, and I had a I had a guy on the show named that goes by the name of Grumpa. He's from he's from uh, he's from the hooligan side of Twitter, and he's a he's a yeah he's you know retired uh, army guy that had done uh, I think two tours in Afghanistan and. Um, and one in Iraq. And he said that, uh, it was, you know, the real botch job was like the generals. They were the ones who really, yeah, who really sure. screwed it all up because, yeah, you know, yeah. there's, there's the chain of command. You know how the military works. It's the fucking chain of command. And it uh, all comes down I from, do. it all comes down from the top. And by the time it hits the yep. grunts on the ground, it's been through 25, 30 fucking people. And, and it's just like a game of telephone, you know? And so it was like the generals really yep. dropped the ball. Uh, a lot of the, the command, uh, pe- the command, leadership drop the ball and you know it, it's it it really is it's it's everybody's fault it's everybody's fault it really is and and the fact that the the war continued for 21 years or whatever 20 years is that's the government's fault that part is the government's fault. Yeah. you know 100 percent. all the government yeah it it wasn't <laughs> it, it 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 was never it was never the guys that were on the ground sure you know it never and uh i you know i, I get that from my dad i you know i have the utmost respect for someone who like yourself who stepped forward and said, Hey, look, I can't hold anything against you at all because you were doing what you thought was the right, right thing to do. And you guys sacrificed and you bled and you, you know, friends and people that didn't come back. And that, that I'm never going to hack on anyone for that, for doing that at all. But now those in charge, Oh yeah, there needs to be some accountability on some shit. And there's not. Yep, I agree. There's, it's not there. I agree one hundred percent. There. So you talk a little bit and about you guys. You, oh, guys okay. like you that served end up catching all the shit. Oh yeah, it's always us, man. It's always us. And you know, and I, and I, I, I have my regrets uh, for especially for what we were part of over there. You know what I mean? But it's like I can't go back and change it. But what I can do is is speak out against war, and that's been my movement for the last you know yes uh, almost twenty years now. Pretty much is is been this anti war sentiment. That's the number one thing for me. Uh, you know, I have these other these other pet projects too. I think the the war on drugs is terrible. I think our criminal justice system needs a good reforming. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in this country that you know, and 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 obviously the issue of our times now is is this COVID tyranny. We really need to be watching that. Yeah. But but the wars and the Federal Reserve uh, for me have been the two biggest because the Federal Reserve is the one who continues uh, to you know this is how we continue to fund these wars. They're they're just the at the they're at the root of all the nasty shit in this country. You know, and so yes. um, those have always been my biggest my biggest uh uh, issues and they'll continue to be my biggest issues until we're not fighting wars in the middle east or anywhere anymore you know what i mean which you know the way these contractors are set up in this country i don't know that that will ever happen until we you know abolish the government (laughs) yeah yeah so you have to cut you you have to cut the money off yep 100 percent. so you talked a little bit about like i said uh iraq being kind of a, a a stepping stone in your journey but why don't we talk a little bit about your journey how did you get to these you know these anti-state uh uh um policies in your head? Uh, man like i said it, it, it you know my dad was uh my dad was not a political guy neither was my mom but uh my, my mom was raised in a well, they both were raised in a, in a, in a cons- with a conservative, very conservative household on both sides. Um, but my dad was just probably the most politically neutral guy that I've ever known. And uh, he was a, he was a libertarian or the libertarian type and, and didn't even know it. He was uh, just just had didn't have any use for any of it at all. And uh, I guess I kind of had that seed planted. But. 
I was right out of high school when the events, you know, of of the middle, the mid nineties happened with, you know, Waco and, and Ruby Ridge and, and those things caught my eye, but it was, it wasn't something that I paid as much attention to as I should have at the time. I remember watching the stuff on Waco and I, it was kind of the same thing with Iraq is like, I, I don't know. This doesn't seem right. What's going on here? Something, something's off. Something doesn't smell right. But, you know, you have that that conservative that that like you said that neo you want to call it neocon, but for me it was a conservative way of thinking. It was the you know I think that that's a, a dirty. I think it's been that's been conveyed as a dirty word now. But when I hear conservative, it's more like how I was raised and the social values and those kinds of things more than and but you know I, as I said the events after nine eleven with the Patriot Act, uh, and you fast forward to 2008 with the, that huge ominous, ominous, ominous bill, the stimulus bill that everybody signed off on. Both sides, Republicans came out cheering for it. And, and then you have, you know, about 2010, the Tea Party mess, and it was like, at that point, it was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm finished. I'm done. I'm done with I'm done with done with this whole thing. This this they're all crooked. They all are playing for the same team, right? And uh, you know, it's like everybody quotes Carlin all the time, but it's true. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You ain't I mean, in it, Jack. It. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. They, well, I mean, they 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 know us so well, and they have us so conditioned that they've got one team pitted against another team. And they have everybody believing that, you know, well, my team is the correct team and their team is wrong. And so they keep us constantly like this. So that that keeps us distracted, just like dangling set of keys. We're looking over here and they're doing something over here. Yep. And and I started putting all that together and it was like, <laughs> I'm done. Good. As I'm you good. should be. As you should be, you yeah. know. As yeah. you should be. Uh yeah. it's it really is a wild world out there, man. And and so you Kentucky's been kind of strange over the last two years for me because you got you got this uh, governor, uh, Andy Bashir, who's uh, a weird Democrat like tyrant who probably shouldn't be the governor of a state like Kentucky. <laughs> you know. Uh but I, I also um you know, I, I, I had uh, the chair of the Libertarian Party of Kentucky. He's a good friend of mine, Randall Daniel. I had him on uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I started talking with him about how um, some, of, some of these whiskey companies are actually in bed with the government there. And, uh, and I, I, I was just the, – the stories he was telling me was just wild to me. I didn't really understand – that it was like that there, you know what I mean? I figured these whiskey companies oh, would be like yeah. down home Southern, like, you know what I mean? But no. not at all, not at all. They don't, they don't like competition. Right. They don't like, they don't like it. And they're in of course with the state and that way it's very hard for someone to set up any type of competition with them. I mean, it's just, it is crazy. It's <laughs> Kentucky politically is a hot mess. Um, it always kind of has been true. Sure. Uh, and, and you look at some of the background and you want to talk about, you want to talk, you want to talk about Kentucky being a red state. Well, let's back up. Let's back up to the nineties. Let's back up to the early two thousands. Kentucky wasn't such a red state. Kentucky was a blue dog Democrat state 
I mean, an old coal union, union state. You're working man's Democrat who was socially conservative when it came to the household, but he was more liberal when it came to those policies where it could help him with his employment. Sure. So there was a, there was a lot of that, but there's still a lot of that blood here. And so then you have, you know, folks like that, like I was raised with, it was like, you know, you do things for yourself, you advance yourself, you protect your family, you do all these things and you don't rely on anyone else. So, you know, my family was, I won't say anti-union, but we're, we're not in with that line of thinking. So you have, you have Trump that comes along and all of a sudden Kentucky is a red state. Right. Well, the reason, the reason is, is because Trump knows his audience. Right. Okay. Now he might be some kind of, he might be a psychopath. I don't know. He, he might be a brilliant genius. I don't know, but he knows his audience. He is a showman and he knows his audience. He knows what to say. He knows what buttons to push. And he spoke right to those working class families, those old union families where their jobs were gone now because right. the coal's gone. And, you know, did you hear, did you ever hear, did you ever see Trump go to war with any of the unions anywhere? No, absolutely not. Nothing, nothing. Because he was smart enough and he knew his audience and he kept his mouth shut and he didn't piss them off. Right. And he got their votes. Bevin, our former governor, which I liked, I he personally I would probably wouldn't have liked him. I, he was kind of dickish, but he had a big mouth on him, and he didn't know when to keep it shut. That was his biggest trouble. Now, what he was doing with the teachers, with the pension funds and things, was admirable, and it needs to be done. It's not solvent. It, it's 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 just it's it's an open wound. And he was trying to work with that. But in the process, he decided to go to war with the teachers union, which is Dumb. probably the biggest, the biggest union in this state. Biggest and union in the, the country. Voting blocks. Yes. This state, especially yeah. it is powerful and it is well oiled and it has a huge voting block. Every other person you meet, I, I, I work in a college town. Okay. Every other person that you run into either works for a school system or is a teacher. And it's almost like a, a, a 75, 25 split on the people that despise Bevin and the people that tolerated him. I won't say anybody that even liked him as far as that were in that group. So when you go up against that union, you're screwed. You just shot yourself in the foot. That's it. You, you can't combat that. Right. It's despite all the good things that he was doing. There was no, I mean, some people say it was stolen. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think things are being manipulated, but, but one big thing that he did was go to war with them. And he, you know, during, right before an election and that that's it yeah. that game over. Now he went down swinging. I'll give him that. Uh, like I said, he's uh I think he was trying to be Trump light and he just wasn't as good at it. Sure. And, uh, and, uh, it got him into trouble. He, he was stuck his foot in his mouth a whole lot and it just didn't look good. Yeah. I think the only other like governor I know that's been like decent at, tr at trying to be like Trump has been DeSantis. I think he's been the only one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, he knows. And, and he's like, he's like Trump. I believe I, I, he knows, I believe he knows how to speak to people. Right. I believe he knows how to, you know, everybody liked that. 
I would say everybody, I'm going to include myself in that. I will sit back and watch Trump and go and roll my eyes like, oh, gosh. You know? Well, I try <laughs> to tell people primary, Trump has always been. Primaries. Oh, yeah. Trump has always been yeah. a New York liberal. Always. Always. Yeah, always. His whole life. You know, and I, I was talking to people when he was running in the primary, and I'm like, he used to hang out with Bill and Hillary Clinton. They were best friends yeah. right up until he got ready to run for office. Shocking. They were hanging out. Yeah. You know, don't look, this is a big wrestling match. It, you know, they were all of a sudden they were, they were friends like 10 minutes before and now they're mortal enemies. I ain't buying that crap. It's all a dog and pony show yeah. because they hung out for years together. You know, he hung out with that elite. Now, you know, whether you like him or whether you don't, that's just the truth of it. And, and I go back to it. He knew, he knew his audience. Right. Yeah. He's pa- a showman. Wrestling is, he's is a showman. what do they say? Wrestling is, uh, is pro or no, uh, politics is pro wrestling for adults. That's what it is. Yes. That's, that's it. it. You know, it's, it's all a big show. And so during the primaries, you know, people started jumping on board with this and I'm like, are you nuts? You know, but the son of a bitch won, uh, you know, whether you believe, then voting or not believing that he won right. and you know there we are and, and it was you know it had its moments uh but it got tiresome for me it's just like oh gosh just don't say anything just you know just do your thing and but he he was he I, the one thing that there's a couple things that he did do that i credit him for and one thing I guess it's exposing on, you know, both of them are ex- exposing things, but uh, just exactly how biased and crooked the mainstream media is, right. which a lot of us already knew, but a lot, but there was a huge majority in the country that didn't believe it. He exposed that. And then the other thing is, is to expose just how, to a lot of people, just how corrupt and trashy our gov- system of government and our government is he did those things now whether he did it on purpose or whether it was inadvertently he did it and he did wake a lot of people up to it sure uh, i agree give him credit for those things i agree i, I said 100 i said uh the best thing that trump did was he red-pilled people on the the, the media being oh, the enemy of the people that's the yeah. best thing trump did absolutely yeah, yeah. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And he had he had a lot of opportunities to do some things that would make it even worse. Uh, like when he was walking out of office, he could he could have easily pardoned Julian Assange. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and really yeah. gave him a big f you to the establishment yeah. and the and the mainstream media. Yeah. And he didn't. So he, he kind of took the coward's but way out, in my opinion. It, it it just it just but that just shown actually his his character. To right. be honest, I mean it just it just did to me. Uh, it was like when that all that happened. You know, a lot of people went in an uproar about it, and I was sitting back going, well, not shock. Knew that was coming. You know, he's not, yeah, not shock. You know, he's a, he's, he's in it. He's a, he's a self promoter. You know, that guy, that, that the guy with that much going on, he doesn't have a small ego. Right. Okay? That's his, that's his Achilles heel is his ego. And, uh, it's big. Yeah, it's a big ego. It is a big I mean, ego. And he feeds Hard, it. Hardly he feeds, feeds it. Yep. He, lo- he loves. He loves. He loves all the attention, whether it's negative, positive. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah. Um. So it, yeah, he, he. There was no surprises there. Um. Uh, and we see right now, you know, uh, I, I had a lot of conversations with people 
during the primaries and even after he won. And, uh, you know, I could see right away that the, the Republican establishment did not like him. They, oh, were, no. they, were, putting on a, they were putting on a a happy face, but they didn't like him. Well, you, sh- you and, of all uh, people they, should they, know they, because you, you, got, uh, yeah. you got Turtle himself, Mr. McConnell, there. Oh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I was talking to people and they were talking about, well, you know, he's going to do all, he's talking about all these things he was going to do. And they were parroting those things to me. And I'm like, he can't do those things without a willing legislature. Right. And they were like, but, but the majority, we have to, they, we, we, when I say we, they're talking about Republicans because I was talking to Republicans because I give the Republicans more hell than the Democrats, you know, because Democrats kind of own themselves in my opinion. But I like, because I was a Republican, I was in that and I'm trying to wake people up. Right. And it's like, he can't do anything without a willing legislature and they hate his guts. Right. Okay. And he's going to have to do everything by legislating with the pen. And what have we done for the past eight years, but complained every time Obama picked a pen up and wrote something in, we were like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, now it's okay for Trump to do that because that's the only way he's going to get anything done. They're not going to anything solid, anything good, anything that's going to improve things. He's not going to get, it's not going to be set in stone. Right. And now what do we see? Hey, he's gone the very second. I mean, the very second he is out the door. They are putting their research to that stuff. They are right over the top of it. Of course. Changing everything. And, and you know, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Well, no, and, and, like, and those, well, you know, now, now that whole four years is just like, like it go, didn't happen. Gone. Well, and those edicts, I mean, you know, when you, when you cheer on those yeah. edicts, when you cheer them on, yeah. they're going to be used against you eventually. You know, when it's yeah, not your guy I in office anymore. Yeah. I didn't cheer them on when Bush did them. Sure. I didn't cheer them on. That's because that's when I started paying attention because, you know, that was that, that was that, you know, that 2000 election and that 2001 with 9-11 that was in that era. And that's when I started, my ears started perking up and I started paying attention. And, you know, when Bush did it, I didn't like it. When Obama did it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Trump does it. And I don't like it when Biden does it because it's not right. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over right it's not it's it's not stable it's not a stable way to 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 legislate or to run things and 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 don't even get me started in all the overreach that they got their hands into everything anyhow the majority of the stuff that they write out is to me in my mind it's it should be useless because they shouldn't even have that that power. Right. But and I agree. You know, nobody's going to nobody's going to stop them. There's no there's no culpable. You know there's no uh, accountability in it. Right. Uh, government so, government doesn't have accountability. They, they what the government. I try to explain no, this to people. No. When 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 a government agency starts to do bad things, 
The government doesn't get rid of that that agency. They start a new agency for oversight, which also starts doing bad things. That's how that works. Yeah. Every no, time. that's that is how it works. Yeah, that I'm is make, how it works. I'm gonna make you big because I'm having some camera issues here, but uh, you'll okay. I'll, you can still hear me. But yeah, man, I don't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. It's so it's so hard to explain to people like the. Uh, you know, especially the people who supported Trump or the people now who support Biden. It's like they're so tribalistic. You know, it's like this chess beating yeah. team sport shit where it's yeah. like, you yeah. know, and and uh, they don't they don't listen. They don't understand that. Hey, your guy's not always going to be in there. They only got eight years max, dog. Right. You know what I mean? And then you got to yeah. deal with uh, the next guy doing all the same shit that you thought yeah. was bad eight years ago and then thought was good for four years, you know? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and they don't they don't think about how that's going to be used against them, like you said later. Uh, they don't they don't they don't think that out that far ahead. Oh yeah, of course not, of course not. Because if because if they did, they wouldn't be supporting those things, even when it was their guy doing it. Right. You yeah. Know. Because my you know my, my the, like I said, the Patriot Act kind of woke me up to that of how things could be used against us. Right. And so I started looking at it from both sides and like this is a. This this is something that neither neither one of them should be doing because you cheer this on now, but eight years from now or however long, well, what happens when the next guy decides to to use this against your team? So, you know, bad idea all around. Yeah, uh, let's let's I'd say just I, I, I like to put the whole thing in the dumpster and start you know reset the whole deal yeah we need a hard reset not the great reset right Is that... <laughs> yeah yeah well let's we let's need it. yeah go ahead. let's switch things up a little bit yeah. let's talk about kentucky bourbon okay i love kentucky. i love kentucky bourbon what are what are what are some <laughs> of your this tradition runs deep in your state man i mean it's it's a deep it's a long long time what's some of your favorite bourbon well, I mean, anybody that follows me knows that probably my number one favorite, my biggest go-to is Angel's Envy. Now, there would be some that probably would argue whether it's even bourbon or not. It's finished in uh, port wine barrels. Sure. Uh, it's still aged like bourbon, but it's finished in those wine barrels. And so that, that leaves a little bit of open interpretation there, but if, it's a little lower proof. So it's a little smoother. It's a little easier to drink. And, uh, I, 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 from the first time I had it, I fell in love with it. And that's probably what I buy the most of. If I can't find anything else, if I can't make up my mind and I grab a bottle of that. And I know it's going to be, I know, I know what I've got. My, I have a cousin. I, I, I haven't, didn't really didn't get into bourbon until, and I'm still not into it. Look, I'm no expert. Nobody needs to listen to me. Uh -huh. I just know what I like. Yeah. I know what I like. And I try to tell everyone all the time, like everybody's palate is different. Uh, you know, because the question of what's the best bourbon? Well, I don't know. I don't know what your tastes are because I may think there might be a, a 35 or $30 bottle of bourbon that I think is better than what you're drinking. That's $75. Right. You know, I, I, it, it just depends. I don't know that there's a, a, the greatest, uh, but, but my cousin started me, <laughs> he started me out on it. We started, uh, just kind of, uh, or he did started picking up bottles here and there. And, and, uh, I was up at his house one afternoon or one weekend in the evenings. And we were building a, building a man cave in his basement. we have been working on it. And he pulls this out and angels envy out. And he's like, have you ever had this? And I'm like, no, 
he said, well, I'll try it. He said, I think you'll really like it. And I did. And I've kind of been hooked ever since. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. And I was, so I was talking, that's, that's, that's my go-to. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know what happened to my camera. I found some others. That I like, well, I found some others that I like just as much, Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, I know I'm, I'm every bottle's consistent too. And, uh, I may have it's always been good. I may have just completely lost my, uh, my camera. I don't know what's going on. I've never lost it like this before. Uh, so I apologize to everyone. Well, figures because you know why? Because I'm on here. That's why I've never. You know, I, I I've, I've jinxed it. My camera will go down from time to time, and typically I can I can fix it right up. But for some reason, this time it's just not coming back up. Here we'll uh, we'll put it, we'll put a picture of Liberty Lockpot in there. That'll be fun. We can make fun of him. For oh that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get a plan in there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tried to edit it. It should be him, but it's not working either. I don't know what's going on. Something wrong with my webcam utility, but we're, we're still going. We still got about, we still got about 10 minutes, but uh, I, you know, some of my favorite, some of my favorite bourbon obviously is from Kentucky too. And you know, real, they say, they say all, it's not real bourbon unless it's from Kentucky. Right. Well, yeah. Tech, yes. And I, hey, look, I try not to, hold to that too hard but I, I give some people hell over it a lot but technically yes if if it's 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 got to come from kentucky if it's if you're going to call it bourbon um uh, you know and 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 some of the settlers from pennsylvania and from and from virginia you know brought that kind of in here with them that that pro aging process for making whiskey but uh, kentucky has kentucky has the the water what makes it, I think, what makes Kentucky bourbon different is the is the location and the climate. I think everything's where where the heart of bourbon country is is just seems to be the perfect spot to distill and to age. the The humidity, the you know, the temperatures for the times of year, uh, the water that's used. You know, we have a we have a we have very soft limestone here in the state, and it's and it dissolves into our our water system. So you know, you have that that limestone water. You have that the right climate, the right humidity, and the right changes in the temperature. And you know, they've got those rack houses built where they rotate those things in and out, and it's just the best state to make it. Now, I'm not saying that there's. I've not had good bourbon from other states. We talked about that. There's. Right. I'm not going to say from where because I'm not going to give them any credit much. But there's there's some there's some good bourbons out there that are made in other places. Nice. Yeah. See, and now I'll give them credit where credit. I'll give them credit where credit is due. You know, because to me, there's there's no there's a quote that I use all the time. There's no wrong way to enjoy whiskey. The only wrong thing to do is not enjoy it while you have it. Right. So. Right. Well, well, now look at the, now look at me. Now my camera my camera came back up, uh, but for yeah. some reason it won't full screen. I don't know what's going on here. This is crazy, craziness. Yeah. Sorry about sorry about all this, man. I'm listening. No, I'm listening to all your great stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to do I'm trying to but do there's, tech there's, work on the fly. <laughs> there's a lot of good ones out there that's made in the state, and I've really gotten into going to the uh, the smaller, more independent distilleries. Also, um, uh, the ones that are not run by the big companies, you know, uh, not, but those guys there, we've got one right down there and I promote it all the time. You know, I, you, that's usually, if you see how much, whenever I meet up with somebody that I, that, you know, I know on Twitter, I'll bring them a bottle of it there and it should be familiar to people that follow me is it's, uh, it's called Lincoln Pinch, but it's made in Dooling Grounds. It's made at Dooling Grounds Distillery, which is in Franklin, Kentucky. 
which is just close to the Tennessee-Kentucky state line. And they're an independent distiller. Uh, they've been in for about four or five years now, maybe just a little bit longer. And uh, they're fairly new, and they've got a great product. They don't make just they don't do just bourbon, although that's their specialty. They do uh, they do some uh, uh, flavored moonshines. Oh wow! Uh, they do some they do some gins, uh, a lot of flavored liqueurs that they use and do put together. Uh, but whiskey is their main is their main thing, and it's very very good. And so they're trying to get to, I talk to them every time I'm down there. Uh, there's a lot of local distributors that are carrying their product now. Uh, but sometimes I just go to Franklin and, and pick up some, if I know I'm going to be meeting up with somebody and I talk to them and I'm like, Hey, you know, I got a lot of people asking about this. When are you going to be able to, to start distributing out of state? And they're like, man, there's so much. And this is what we were talking about earlier. He's like, they're like, there's so much red tape. You know, we're probably two or three years being ready to start before we'll start shipping out of state. He right. said, that's how much, that's how much crap we got to go through, you know, because you got to fight all the big guys and you got to jump through all the hoops and, uh, to get, to get some national, uh, distribution. Yeah, uh, it's a, pretty crazy. The, the, the liquor business is pretty crazy and it, and it differs from state to state. I, I'm learning a whole lot. I'm learning how a lot of states are just shut a lot up. Just they, they have deals with, certain ones and you know they try to keep everything else out it's it's a pretty crooked oh, it's big a pretty time. crooked business big time. well i used to really. live i used to live in and, oregon and, and and oh go ahead the state owns all the liquor stores no. in oregon where I, when i used to live there. well i think that's the way it is if i'm not mistaken i think alabama's like that probably and, and, and yeah i think i learned that like last week because i was talking to someone and i think alabama's like that hmm. it's crazy uh, and they really, 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 you know, throttle what comes in. I mean, you know, it's 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 nuts. Um, what's crazy about a state like this? And and there's uh, there's some states where you can like you can distill your liquor at home, right? And as long as you're not distributing it, as long as you're not selling it, you can do that. Well, in Kentucky, you can't. That's illegal. Of course, it's illegal to distill for your personal consumption. I don't care if you're not running off, but uh, a half a gallon on top of your stove in your house, it's illegal. And it's all because it, it's not necessarily because of the taxes, but it's the good old boys that are, it's got their hands up there in Frankfurt in the, in the, in the legislators pockets that run the bigger distilleries. If every, every bit that you're making at home, you're taking money out of their pocket. Yeah. And so they want to keep it illegal. Yeah, my, my buddy Randall was saying that your own personal conception. My buddy Randall was telling me that Jim Beam is the worst, the worst one for all that. Oh, I'm sure it probably is. Yeah, which is great because I, I hate sure Jim Beam. Is. I won't drink it at all. That's it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> but it, it makes I'm, sense. I'm heaven, I, I kind of like Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill makes some of the better, better lower cost uh, bourbons. Sure. So heaven hill as far as one of the bigger bigger distilleries i, I like those guys i was in kentucky but, uh, in 2018 probably a little bit crooked um i was in kentucky yeah. in 2018 and i went and did the, the whiskey trail the bourbon trail and i got to go see all mm -hmm. the all the um, distilleries up there even though there's one that's like yeah. really 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 old it looks like an old castle i can't remember the damn name of it i guess they had a fire there yeah. or something like that but i got to, i did the whole yeah. thing and man it was really really cool but i'm a i'm a big fan of some of the cheaper stuff too i i big i love the kicking chicken man like wild turkey, I, yeah. I'll drink wild turkey all day long. Yeah. I love it. I love the, it. The, 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 the long branch that they make, 
is really good. Uh, the Long Branch, that's made by, by Wild Turkey, and it's really good. I recommend it. I'll have to check it out, man. And it's not. It's not terribly. I mean, it's like it's like twenty five, thirty dollars a bottle. Sure. Uh, and you know, I say that some people are like, "Well, I can get, you know, this for nineteen dollars," but you don't understand. I, I sometimes, you know, I'll spend ninety or hundred bucks sure. on one. So yeah. when I find one for thirty that I like, it's like, hmm, yeah, I can do this. So yeah, I basically yeah, never get a, a bottle out there. I never get a bottle of bourbon under, it's like under 35 bucks, man. Almost ever. Yeah. You know? Well, it, it, uh, Elijah Craig, the Elijah Craig, um, small batch and larceny. Both of those are made by heaven Hill, And both of those can be had for under $30 and they're great. Yeah. Elijah Craig ain't too um, bad. I like it. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. I like larceny better. Um, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think those are as consistent. I think there's probably, you're going to find some variance from bottle to bottle. I don't think the blending is as consistent with some of those, as sure. some of the higher price ones, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'll plug, I will plug while I'm here. I'll plug rabbit hole distillery. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole makes rabbit hole distillery makes huh. some great bourbon. I've never tried it. Yes, I don't think I've tried and, any and they, bourbon. They, they've got three. If you look them up, they've got, uh, I've had three different types. They, they, they put out different, uh, different blends or different types uh, and different. Uh, so like the Derringer is kind of like the angels envy. They it's kind of, it's, it's, it's finished in uh, wine barrels and it's the highest price when it's about 90 bucks. But then you get into like the hind gold. It's like, I want to say about $60. And then the cave hill is about $70. So there's, there's like three different kind of price levels there and, and they're all excellent. Uh, I was really, really surprised. You know, what's funny. And those, those, th those can be found, I think, uh, pretty easily, you know, nationwide. Sure. You know, what's funny though, is, is we talk about, we talk about getting a bottle of bourbon for 60, 70, 80, 90 bucks. Right. And people will scoff. Yeah. like, Oh, that's a lot of money, you know? But then those same people will go out to the bar and spend $150 on, you know, eight drinks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's exactly right. You yeah. know, and, and, and everybody went crazy over Pappy Van Winkle and I'm not, I, you know, Hey, if you want to, if you want to waste your money, I mean, happy with Ann Winkle is probably some of the best stuff I've ever it's had. Amazing. Ridiculous. But if you want, but if you want to waste your money, then go right ahead. Yeah. But, but there's others whiskeys that are really damn good that you can get for a lot, a lot cheaper. I, 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 so I want to tell you this before we, uh, you know, uh, move on. But the, the cousin, the relative of mine that kind of got me started on this bourbon thing. Cause and I drank when I was younger running around and my, 20s but you know i drank maker's mark or whatever else oh, yeah. maker's art, whatever right. came along yeah. you know and uh, well for, for me back then you know maker's was top shelf sure so you know i was like wow you know you're talking about in the 90s and you paid you paid like 20 dollars for that yeah. wow you mr big bucks so <clears throat> but uh he got me kind of started on that but we were, I told you about the man cave. We, we, he, we got it done and, and he called me and he said, Hey, so come up. So uh, we'll, we'll celebrate having this thing done. And, uh, so we get down there and we're all settling in, got the TV on fixing the, I, I think I can't remember what he got in pay-per-view. We we're fixing to watch. He reaches up in one of the cabinets and he pulls out this, this velvet bag 
and it's it's a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, and I think it's like it was probably eighteen year old. Oh, maybe. that's the good stuff. Yeah. And yes, and he said, "Now my wife got this for got this for me for our anniversary." And he said, "I don't even want to know what she paid for it." A lot. Said, I don't have any idea. He said, "I don't want to know." He said, but, you know, he said, we're going to open this up. He said, you could consider yourself very privileged. He said, because you're probably one of the very few that's going to get any of this at all. So, and it was very good. I, I mean, I got to give it that. But, you know, it's like. I've had, know, I've had really two good. bottles of Pappy. Really good. I've had yeah, two bottles ever. Yeah, and uh, it was the first one I actually got on the waiting list because you had to have like a, a you had to like sign yeah. up, you know, in Oregon, you had to sign up. Then you'd have to be down at the liquor store when the shipment came in and then you could buy your thing. And yeah. It wasn't very expensive. I mean, you know, it was the, the no. uh, I think it was the, um, oh, with the nine year or something. So it was like the bottom, bottom yeah. tier. Uh, and I think I paid, yeah. I think I paid $140 for the bottle, $120 for the bottle or something. And I drank all that. Yeah. I drank all of it. It was yeah. amazing. It was the best, it was the best bourbon I'd ever had. I mean, there's just, there's oh, no yeah, doubt about good. it. Um, and then I got another bottle from a friend. I think it was a 12 year. And, uh, yeah. I, and, 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 and it was a, a, a gift from a friend. Uh, I didn't pay for it. You know, I'm sure it cost him couple hundred bucks at least uh i turned i turned yeah. around and sold it on on craigslist for fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> yes exactly and i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you a lot of that um a lot of those prices and a lot of that a lot of that hype that they do that yep <laughs> they create that shortage on purpose and oh, they yeah. get that whole market that's a marketing deal man and, and they create they kind of, that's kind of, that's that's a created thing. It's it's smart. I mean, if you, you could know, sell that, one bottle, because you want to be, then you feel so like you're. If you get a bottle, if you're so privileged to get a bottle, then it, you're kind of in this exclusive club, right? You know, you're you're, you're part of the elite few who can get because it's so they're they're doing such a limited run. Well, they do a limited run on purpose, right? Of so course, that you'll pay more fucking money for it. Well, if you hey look look if you could sell one bottle of bourbon for the price of like six bottles of bourbon, you're killing it. You're yes. doing a great job. Yeah. You yeah. know why yeah. wouldn't you do that if you could get away with see, it? See, Weller Weller in this state got to where it was in short supply, sure. and uh, I, everybody's like, "Yeah, get a bottle of Weller." I try to find some Weller, and I finally did, which it was I it was okay. Not for what I paid for it. And I started telling people what I paid for it. And they were like, well, I can remember when that was like $25 a bottle. And I'm like, yeah, but they weren't creating a shortage and a demand for it. Right. And now when you find a bottle, they're selling it at a premium for like 80 bucks. Right. I'm like, if I could get a bottle for, for $25, I'd buy another bottle. But I'm probably not going to pay $80 for it. Bottle of Weller. I didn't think it was that great. I didn't, 20 bucks. I didn't think it, yeah, I don't think it was that great. So. It's the that whole supply that's me, and demand. That's thing, me. Man. It's the supply and demand. Yeah, it's me. libertarian free market principles, man. It's supply and demand. That, that's true. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. I, I'm not. You know, I'm just saying that. You know, people are suckers. Oh, big you time. And big I, if time. I was in their position, I, just like you said, if I was in their position, I would do the exact same thing. Oh, of course. Be like, yeah, sure. Well, and and and, yeah. and you know, they're suckers. They're especially suckers about Kentucky bourbon when they don't live in Kentucky. Yes. Especially. I'll be honest, man. I'll be honest. Some of it is hard to come by in this state. Sometimes I, I had people, I was talking about trying to find some stuff and people were showing me pictures from out of state. It's like, yeah, I walked right in and got this one. I'm like, yeah, we can't even find it. 
but you guys got it. You know, you're 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 over almost to the west coast, or you're way up here, or you're up in the upper Midwest, and you've got it. But I can't find it here in the state where it was distilled. Crazy. You know, man. there's there's not anywhere to be found. That's wild. What a wild, what a wild yeah, thing to is. think about. It Especially, is. you know, you yeah. think you think you can just walk into some of these distilleries and buy their bottles right there on the spot, man. Some some of them you can, yeah. and then you know some of them. I don't know that there's any of them that are crazy like Jack Daniels where they are in a dry county. Right. Uh, Jack Daniels is still in a dry county in Tennessee, and you can go in there and you can buy a bottle out of the out of the uh, gift shop, but you can't drink it. Nope. You can't taste test any of it. You can't. Gets the law. Yeah. It's wild, man. I, I got a buddy who lives. I got a really good buddy who lives in the uh, the whiskey region of, of Tennessee. And uh, he sent me a yeah. bottle. He sent me a bottle at the national convention last year. I was in, uh, it was in Orlando and he sent some of the Tennessee delegates with a bottle of uh gentleman's Jack for me. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of Tennessee whiskey, man. I'm just not, I I'm try, not I try, yeah. but the gentleman's Jack it. is I've good. I've had a bottle of gentleman Jack. Yeah. That's I've good. Had, I've tried a bottle of gentleman Jack. I, I toughed through it. Yeah. It's not it bad. It's like the regular uh, Jack Daniels is I bad. I can't do it. I can't drink it. At it's, all. it's, It'll raise a blister on a leather boot. <laughs> I like, I, you know, it's like, it's like when I was a kid, I could drink Jim Beam and Jack Daniels and all that, that crap. And, uh, and now as an adult, it's like all, I know all it's going to do is give me the worst fucking hangover I ever had ever. Yeah. yeah Every time, yeah, you know, yeah. now, and I'm almost 40 now. Yeah. It's like anything I drink is going to give me a hangover. So I might as well drink something good. You know what I mean? Just. You know, like today, if I I find out I'm going to, I know I'm going to go home later, and I'm probably going to partake. You know, it's been slamming water all day. Oh yeah, you gotta you, just, you gotta get ready. One of, the big se- <laughs> one of the big secrets is to the hangover is to stay hydrated. Yep. Now you still may you stay still may be tired as shit tomorrow, but you you know you won't be hurting. Yeah, your head won't hurt. But as you'll bad. be like, you yeah, like going to puke um, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know but that you man. Kind of like you know, I don't, I don't really feel like doing anything today. Yeah. I had but a really good a buddy. Hangover. I had a really good buddy. He was quite a, quite a bit older than me. We used to go out to the bars drinking, and he'd slam a beer and then slam a whole glass of water. And he's and he was the one that taught me. He's like, listen, dude, you got to have a water yes. for every drink you have. A water for every drink you have. And I'm yes. like, I'm like, you know, I was in my early twenties. I was like, no, I don't. I'm fucking fine. I can do this for eight days straight. Yeah. You know. And now that I'm yeah. his age, when he when I was that young. Uh, I, I'm like, okay, yes. gotta have a water after every drink. Gotta have a water after every drink, man. You do. Shit's no, rough. I had a, it rough. had a very good friend of mine, had a very good friend of mine that taught me that. Yeah. We used to ride around, not to incriminate myself, but we used to ride around and he had a, he had a big thermos of ice water there that sat in the front seat of the truck. And he was like, he said, every time you take a drink, he said, get a shot of that water. Yeah. He said, you won't have a hangover. You'll feel fine tomorrow. And he was right. I, I don't, I don't mix anything. Uh, and I, I've tried, I probably try drink everything neat unless I'm drinking rye or drinking a scotch. Then I want to, I want some ice in it, but, uh, but I don't no Cokes, none of that crap. And then just water and shit. I don't even use a glass I any, anymore. I, I, just drink, any, I, I drink right I, out of the yeah, damn bottle I, now. <laughs> well, I just, I just drink, I just use a glass for effect. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's a photo op. There's some about the, there's some about the air bubble that comes out of the bottle when you're drinking. It just, it tastes better to me. I don't know, what, I don't know what it is. I've, I've recently over the last couple of years just started drinking my bourbon right out of the bottle. Unless I'm going to share it with somebody, then obviously I don't do yeah. shit. But, 
Um, unless they're cool yeah. with it. But I, yeah, man, I, I'll sit down here and work on my computer and do video editing and I'll just take shots, pulls right out of the bottle. And it's the same as having it neat, yeah. but some, some about the little air bubble it creates at the top of the bottle, man. I don't know. It's like, it just, yeah. it aerates it, I think. Yeah. But anyways, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours, brother. I really appreciate you coming on Break the Cycle. Where can people follow you, support you, all that great stuff? Uh, you just follow me at uh, KRS, all caps, KRS, lower, was it lower? Underscore, lower, underscore, lower score. Un- underscore, underscore, yeah. underscore, underscore, you know, JAC. Uh, and I try not to disappoint. To, yeah. I ask folks all the time, you know, every time I – I hit another milestone on the followers, which I don't understand. I'm like, y'all need a job. You guys need something to do. You guys need something to do if you're following me, because I'm telling you, you know, I'm not saying that everything's 100% an act or false, but some stuff might be just a bit exaggerated. And so, uh, you know, you guys need something, you know, I think it's something about you posting pictures with you sitting out in your backyard by the fire pit with the, with the glass, man. That's yeah. that's every time I see that, it's like well, it's, it's like a comforting sight, man. I, I I'll just tell you just real quick, and I, I don't know if we got enough time or not, but got a couple minutes. Somebody asked me one time. Somebody asked me one time, you know, about what brought brought me on Twitter, and yeah, I didn't really join. I didn't join Twitter. I think it's till 2019. I was late in the game, but. It was right after the midterms of 2018, and I was just so like, I'm gonna, you know, you know, Twitter. I'm gonna get on there, and I, I, I hated Facebook, and so, and and I still have a Facebook account, but I don't use it. Yeah, and uh, so I'm like, I'm gonna get on here, and I'm just gonna just start uh, bloviating, just start, you know, getting my opinion out there, to start doing things. And I figured out real quick that nobody was interested in. Uh, what I had to say. <laughs> and so. Oh, losing you, buddy. Uh, I'm lost. Yeah. So then I kind of fell in. What about now? Oh, there we go. Now I got you. Hang on. All right. Be back. Yeah. Oh, what happened? So I kind of fell into the, uh, the, the little, that little Liberty corner there. And they're good people, man. I figured out real quick that I wasn't equipped to go go against some of those uh, in a debate. You better have both barrels loaded when you go in. Yeah, and you better know what you're talking about. Yes. So I just sat back and served and learned. That's what I did. And so I think with I think the secret is is to find a niche. And then what I found was a niche, and it's just being me, but it's me with a little bit sprinkled on top, and then. You know, then then some political, you know, kind of thrown in. Sure. And uh, that seemed to have worked. I don't, I'm not the, look, I don't claim any type of, <laughs> there's nothing special about, there's nothing special about me, but it's just, I, you know, you found that niche and I just kind of went with it. And I disagree, brother. I started, I started, I started posting those pics and it was, it still started taking off and I'm like, what the hell? Nice. It's a damn, it's just a fire. It's just a fire pit. It's just a, whatever. It's just a, you know, it's, I'm just posting pictures of this, you know, damn junk tractor that I'm working on or whatever that it is. And the most mundane stuff would just go nuts. But what I've realized is that there's so many people out there that follow us that we know that we have in this circle 
for me growing up with a lot of that stuff and being around it all the time, for me, it's every day. Right. But there's a lot of folks out there that didn't have that or or, are wanting that, that, that are trying to go to that kind of living that they're just eating it up. And so I'm starting to understand that and, you know, trying to cater to that. Now, I think a lot of us aspire, a lot of us aspire to get that kind of lifestyle, especially with the shit that's going on these days, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody wants a little bit of land and a tractor and get the fuck out of the cities. (laughs) Well, you know, and I say all the time, I'm not a self-sufficient. I don't know that I'd ever be 100% self-sufficient. I'm more, we're more more self-sufficient than we were two years ago. Am I comfortable with where we're at right now? No, but I don't know that. If we, we were twice as prepared, I don't know that I would feel comfortable. Right. Uh, we just do the best that we can with what we have. And, uh, I, you know, I urge anyone to any way that you can take anything out of the system, uh, do it. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't uh, promote anything that's illicit or would be maybe considered illegal, but anything that you can do to take away, to take out, to, to do things there at home, to produce things at home, to, to, to lessen your trips to the grocery store, to lighten your load, do those things because they'll help. Uh, and that kind of helps starve a little bit of the system that we all just despise. It won't get rid of it. Right. Independent, anything. strong children. That's what I say. Yes. Yes. And, and I have done that with mine. I have got to say, I have very, I have three very headstrong, very independent thinking, very questioning young men that, that, and of course they've grown up listening to me rant, uh, you know, for my oldest is 25 and my twins just turned 20. My twins were born a week after nine 11. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they have, they have had it. I won't say indoctrinated, but maybe, maybe it is. The, the, you know they, I've, they've been drilled and I, and I wasn't preaching at them it was just they listened to me talk about these things you know me and their mother or me and whoever would talk about these things and and you know raise up a child in the way that they should go the way they should go and when they're older they will not depart from it sure good that's what I'm doing right now with seven of them seven yes <laughs> and I love it it's wild I love man it. it's wild. I, I, hey I love it everything that you're doing there is great I appreciate it really that, is man. and I I love to see the post. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I, I really try to, do. I try to, I try to, I try to mix up the uh, the state hating posts and the wholesome family posts. You know what I mean? Like I try to. Do well, both. you gotta, you know, you can't do the, you can't just go full throttle on the state hating posts all the time. You've yeah. got to step back. We were talking about some of that. Well, I was talking about some of that, some of that, uh, some of that about some of that. Sorry, I get tongue tied. That's oh, all right. Me too. I try to get too fast. Yeah. Um, I was talking to someone about some of that last night. To that effect. You know, we were, we were talking about the fire picks and the posts and the things. And, and I'm like, you know, they were like, it's, there's something just so relaxing about seeing those pictures and just looking into those, looking into that fire. And I'm like, I think people need that right now. You need to find whatever that moment is that you can just break away for a little while from what's going on. And just whatever that that is, whether that's spending time, quiet time reading uh, or time out by the fire looking at the stars sitting with the dog playing with your kids sitting with your spouse playing with your kids yeah. do those things because that helps keep us uh you know clear up here balance a little balance man take us back to homeostasis 
Yeah, because if you get too much of the other crap, you know, you're you're headed straight for the you're you're headed straight for the crapper and yeah. Uh and I, I we've all had our black pill moments over the last eighteen months, nineteen months. I've had mine and but I'm trying to steer I'm trying to help people to steer clear of that. I'm trying to help them with that to just hey, break off from this for a little while and just like the common thing that everybody said, go out and touch some grass. Go, yep. out, and go out and, you know, just, just get away from it for a little bit. Touching grass is good. Actually touching grass is good. Actually, yes. Go touch some grass, yes. enjoy some outdoor living, man. It's, it's, yes. uh, you know, I know the winter's coming and camping's going to suck for a while, but go do something outside. It's important. Yeah. Well, Hey, the colder it gets, just build a bigger fire. Just throw more wood on it. I don't know, man. I live in, I live in Iowa. We get like negative 30 here, brother. Oh, yeah, it sucks. It's horrible. Horrible. It's terrible. S- oh. Sucks to be you. Yeah, it's hardcore, dude. I and I came here from California. I came here from California last uh-huh. year, so I'm not used to it yet. Oh, wow. I just braved my first yeah, winter. That's a big shock. It was rough, dude. Rough. But you know what? It's one-fifth nice. the cost of living here, uh, and uh, people are friendly, and I don't got to worry about Gavin Newsom. So, you know. So, say that's... It makes it all worth it. All worth it. Every every cold degree is worth it. I promise. Yeah. yeah. Well, brother. All worth it. Hey, thank you so much for coming on Break the Cycle, man. I'm a big fan. I really appreciate you. I hope everyone will go yeah. follow you, and and uh, maybe we can have you on again in the future. All right. Thanks for having me on, Josh. I appreciate it. Of course, and it was a good time. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Thanks for coming by. Make sure you go check out uh, Kentucky Rebel Scum. On, on on Twitter, of course, it's at KRS underscore J-A-C. Uh, follow him. He's a great follow. He's going to ground you. I promise you. He's a great guy. Uh, I don't know what show's coming up next. I don't know what day this is getting released yet. I'm just recording like seven shows this weekend uh, to be released while I'm in Disney World. So uh, whatever day it is, I hope you're having a good one. Go check out my sponsors, TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great Ron Paul hoodie that I'm wearing today at a 10% discount by joining uh, by using BTC at checkout. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe, star, or become a member of the YouTube channel under all my videos by hitting the join link uh, anywhere on any of my videos. And you can get in the private Discord server where you can get all of his new gear up to two weeks early before it goes to the general public at a 30% discount. And of course, executive producers of the show, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you own a business, go check them out right now. Show's ending. Go check it out right now. I'll see you either tomorrow or the following week, depending on what day this comes out. I think it's probably uh, you're going to have like uh, Sky Daddy's going to be on or uh, Citizen Hush is going to be on or Drew Hancock or maybe Clint uh, from Liberty Lockdown. One of those shows is going to be tomorrow or Monday. Um, I will see you then. Until then, don't forget to break the cycle. To explain the lyrics of my last song, they seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame. But I just spent it in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do. So, any violence you commit, I am not an excuse because I just spent it in Minecraft. What trooper is my friend and he's constantly cold. Accusations of incitement getting totally old. Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft
Holy shit, I think I'm 